many of baseball's greatest storytellers, including players, coaches, managers, and broadcasters, spent most of their playing careers seated in the dugout, watching and listening as they observed and absorbed the game, much like the rest of us. Now, the Not So Morning Show invites you to have a seat and join us, where baseball is life and we share life's stories on the Far End of the Bench podcast. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1, In the Big Inning. Finally, it's opening day for us at the Far End of the Bench podcast. I am Mike Lips, and I will be your host riding the pine with you as we explore the life that is baseball. This is our introductory episode. Thank you for dropping in. We will be focusing on the lighter side of baseball for the most part. The game has been around for at least 150 years in one form or another. We will try and keep our focus on the last 120 or so. As a free agent or expansion podcast, we will begin by striving to earn and establish our merit with you, the listener, while we hope to lay the groundwork to expand the show to include interviews and your interaction. Anyone who has played the game at any level has memories and stories they share or have kept for themselves. This podcast is about sharing those memories, personal and professional. With those stories in mind, I will lead off with my story in the game and how baseball brought me here with you. My beginning. My start in baseball was playing t-ball at a local boys and girls club in San Clemente, California finishing second to the Cardinals that year with my Blue Jays teammates while being puzzled by our own team name. Every other team in the league had a major league name. It was nearly a decade before the Toronto Blue Jays would be introduced to Major League Baseball. At that time, my life was filled with reading from the Book of the Month Club at Our Lady of Fatima School to the sports page of the Los Angeles Times. My extracurricular reading and Book of the Month selections in elementary school was strictly sports and mainly baseball. I have often said that it was biographies on Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Hank Aaron, and Roy Campanella, along with novels by Roger Angel, that put me on the high end of the Iowa Scholastic elementary testing scores of that era. Continuing to play the game in Little League where my first at-bat was against Dennis Rasmussen, a big left-hander two years older than I. After working him for a full count, he struck me out. More accurately, I took five pitches that zipped right past me and finally swung and missed on the sixth, a pitch that was fully one foot over my head. Dennis Rasmussen later went on to pitch for the Padres, Yankees, Cubs, Reds, and Royals. I remember him since my first Little League at-bat. For my last two years, I moved from shortstop to catcher and caught every inning for those two seasons, trying my best to emulate Pittsburgh Pirates catcher Manny Sanguian's low crouch with one leg spread wide in his stance and the snap throws from behind the plate. It seemed every time Manny took off his mask, he was smiling. One may ask, why not Johnny Bench? He was already known to be the hands-down best at the position at the time. While everybody, including myself, knew that there was only one Johnny Bench, and to loosely paraphrase another quote, I, sir, was no Johnny Bench. It was also during that time that I almost quit the game. Eventually, every player sees the end of his or her playing days. As a child, it may mean discovering other interests. 
For a professional, it comes when one recognizes the body can no longer perform the feats that once came naturally. The decision to walk away is a difficult one for a player, and leaving is a leading cause for seeing a grown man cry. For me, at 12 years old, it was a 26-8 defeat one evening that sent me home in tears. We had no pitching and were in last place, the cellar. As the catcher, I could not frame pitches that bounced in front of the plate or were wildly outside. While I knew the importance of blocking pitches in the dirt and was quite adept at doing so, after this loss, my spirit was broken. Then baseball sent me its saving grace. My coaches at the time, Mike Chamberlain and Tim Butler, saw my hurt and took me to dinner, offering me their encouragement. Later, Mr. Chamberlain, who was a local radio and television sportscaster, gifted my family tickets for a California Angels baseball game at the Big A in Anaheim. That is how on June 7, 1973, I wound up with my family seated behind home plate for our first Major League Baseball game. That evening, we witnessed Nolan Ryan shut out the Detroit Tigers 3-0. A month earlier, Ryan had pitched his first no-hitter against the Kansas City Royals, and a month later, he would no-hit those same Tigers. With that, I rediscovered my love for the game. And Nolan Ryan would, of course, finish with seven no-hitters. The next stop for me was moving up a division into the local senior league, formerly Babe Ruth League, where rules limited not only innings pitched, but innings caught. It was a new idea in the early 70s introduced for player safety by my coach at that level, Mr. Don Isaacs a respected coach and teacher. Don Isaacs was a former minor league starting pitcher in the Chicago Cubs organization, who, after hurting his arm in the middle of his first season with an 11-3 record, only threw 17 games his second year before retiring from the game. Those new rule limits allowed me not only to catch, but also move back to shortstop and gave me the opportunity to pitch for the first time. That season we finished with a one-loss record winning the championship game with me on the mound. Quite a turnaround from my Little League experience. Our only loss that season came as a result of my throwing error to the plate that allowed the winning run to score. But by then I had learned and accepted the game for what it was, a never-ending chance to redeem yourself. I was finally introduced to the bench in high school, where I was made a middle infielder and taken away from my favorite and regular position, catching. I did get the chance to continue my pitching, getting into one game in relief in which we were helplessly behind. I had begun throwing a knuckleball in the summer league and got to the point where mine could float, twist, and drop. Wilbur Wood of the Chicago White Sox, along with brothers Joe and Phil Necro, had long established pitching careers throwing the knuckleball. Hoyt Wilhelm had just retired at 49 years old with a lifetime ERA of 2.52, throwing the pitch exclusively. The knuckleball put almost no stress on the arm. Unlike a fastball or breaking pitches, a soft but firm release allowed the ball to float, ideally with perhaps a single rotation to the plate. A little-known fact, Eddie Seacott was credited as the originator of the knuckleball. Seacott won 209 games in his big league career, including three 20-win seasons with the Chicago White Sox. Eddie Seacott was also one of eight players suspended for life from baseball following the 1919 Black Sox scandal. I took the mound confidently that afternoon with two out and the bases loaded. 
Pitching from a stretch, I served up a floater that was lifted harmlessly into right field, content that my job was done. I turned and watched as my teammate trotted under the ball and dropped it. The inning went on and on. After pitching to several other batters that inning, my ball quit floating and I did not record an out. My time on the mound was done. Being pulled for another pitcher, I walked off the mound for the last time. All the runs scored on me were unearned, so without recording an out, my high school ERA technically finished at zero, though it felt like infinity. My introduction to the bench at that time also launched me into the next stage of my life. During that time, my discovery of microfish film in the school library allowed me to spend every available opportunity pouring over the New York Times sports pages from the 1940s through the 1960s, spending my lunches and free periods reading daily game pieces and articles written on the New York Yankees, the New York Baseball Giants, and the Brooklyn Dodgers. My inadvertent studies led to a position with the Daily Sun Post in San Clemente as a sports writer while still in high school and I began coaching baseball to younger children at the Boys and Girls Club. Coaching the game continued for decades in Little League and Senior League, including coaching my own son and coaching long past his playing days, following right along with my own childhood playing path. Many of my fondest baseball memories are not of my own playing days, but the images and thoughts of those young players enjoying their moments within the game helping them to experience how special the game and their teammates were to them and were to me. My playing days after high school were limited to several seasons in an adult baseball league in Southern California, the West Coast Baseball Congress, where I again became a shortstop and had another taste of a first-place team, playing with men ranging from their 20s into their 40s, some former major league and professional players, and dugouts that were filled with the aroma of unnamed sports creams before finally hanging up my cleats, bat, and glove. Although that's the popular term, my gear is not hung up. In fact, my gear is in the trunk of my car just in case I may have a need for them again. Because in baseball, as in life, you just never know. All that from a boy who almost quit. My thanks again to my coaches Mike Chamberlain, Tim Butler, and Don Isaacs particularly. Lastly, thank you for joining us during the introductory episode in the beginning on the Far End of the Bench podcast. Please share this story and the podcast with the other baseball fans in your life. We know you have your stories and we would love to hear and share them for you, or even better, with you. The Far End of the Bench podcast show notes and references are located on the Not-So-Morning Show website, as well as contact information via email, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram links are available for you there. The Far End of the Bench podcast is hosted at the notsomorningshow.com. The Far End of the Bench podcast is a twice-weekly podcast with episodes lasting about the length of a half inning, varying only with pitching changes, trash cans banging, or any of the other quirky events that can happen in the game of baseball and in life. This has been Mike Lips, and thanks again for joining me on the Far End of the Bench podcast. We will close with this week's baseball quote from Hall of Famer Larry Doby, who, three months after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, joined the Cleveland Indians to integrate the American League. 
Mr. Dobie said, Kids are our future, and we hope baseball has given them some idea of what it is to live together and how we can get along, whether you be black or white. With that, the side is retired. Join us in our next episode, Season 1, Episode 2 of the Far End of the Bench Podcast. He missed the bag. <laughs>